we're going to have to intro this one, Raph, because I looked up his Instagram again to see what's going on, and his picture is nearly inappropriate for work. I'm glad I was mm-hmm. on my personal laptop when I go to Craig Jones BJJ. He's a real Carol Baskins in the sack. That's a few <laughs> jokes melding together, but you go ahead and, and introduce this south of the border job-stealing grappler. You're talking about his minge? Is that what you're talking about? The fact that he's basically just taken the lower region of his body it's his and whole said Gucci like berries, just mm-hmm. with a tat to smile about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> now, it's it's the biggest cry for attention I think that you normally see. Uh, but it's also one that's like, hey, well, my fiance you guys- won't stop staring at it either. Rep, get out of here. Hey, <laughs> I'm sorry. What's going on? Well, here's the good news. After months of giving us no submissions and events where he had to go on apology tours, we are proud to... And we did, we weren't going to bring him back until he won something big. And guess what? We're bringing on the man who killed the hashtag, <laughs> leg locks don't work. Craig Jones, back to the show. Craig, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I actually have that as my background on Instagram because I figure then... Uh, Everyone has to go through a little pain when they click my Instagram story. Well, they have to touch it. You know? And is this the inspiration that led to you killing Vinny also? I thought you were going to say the man that killed Vinny's career. And right. It was like, no, no, no. Just the hashtag. Is this the summons you got? You just Are you a bolder Craig Jones in 2020? I, I do feel more confident after, uh, after doing the impossible. He almost convinced me that it was, I wasn't going to be able to do it. Let's chat about that conversation because that was the most gentlemanly, sir, I do believe I have broken your leg. I think <laughs> I've ever seen in professional jiu-jitsu. So talk us through what you guys were talking about in that moment. Well, after the first one, I heard a horrible break. I heard a breaking noise. But then um, he sort of slipped. I think he tried to counter leg lock me and I sort of bailed out. And then I just gave him props. I was like, damn, man, you're a savage. Because I didn't think, based on his, uh, the way he was looking at me or reacting, I didn't think it was broken. So then I went straight back for it again. And this time when I was ripping on it, I could see his bone poking through his uh, skin a little bit. And I was, I was actually worried it was going to come out. And also there was no resistance on the second one. And eventually it just like, I wasn't doing any more damage. So I let it go. And then we just had a brief conversation where he just stopped and looked at me and goes, dude, I think you broke my tibia. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, man, are you sure you really want to keep going? I'm like, it's it's pretty bad. I was like, it's terrible. And I think he said, um, it's fucked. Don't worry about it. But then I was like, uh, I don't know. I can't even remember what was sort of saying, but it was sort of like, uh, then he looked at the ref and he's like, ref, how long until, um, how long until regulations over until overtime? And I immediately thought this guy's a psychopath. He just wants to survive and give overtime a crack. But he was actually asking the ref when overtime was, cause he just wanted to survive the regulation period. And I think the ref just sort of called it there. The ref couldn't tell him how much time was left in the match because, uh, he wasn't allowed to coach and that we didn't have any coaches that actually tell us how long was left in the regulation period. So it was sort of, Sort of an awkward thing, but he says he didn't tap, but he wasn't going to do the overtime anyway, so I guess it was sort of like a verbal submission. Oh, a verbal tap, you would you say? Cocksucker. A verbal tap. You say it. You say you... what it Oh, dick. <laughs> Bruce Buffer has already been yelled at by us for not giving us enough props when he has to yell, and due to a verbal submission, it's like, fuck off. You know our podcast. He did Bruce. not enjoy how long we spent yelling at him, if oh. I recall. You could hear it in his voice. He could have used three less minutes. But you, you're We're different, to Craig. sound smart by saying submission. No. <laughs> no. You and your Danaher strangle nonsense versus choke. I don't need that in my life right now. Craig, <laughs> I like that you said you had a brief conversation but I've seen movies that are shorter than the conversation than you and Vinny had. Because when I don't know if you know this, but oh, we were doing a live yes. Let's Watch. So we were watching it as it was happening on camera. 
And we were not making fun of you guys, but we were more so of the mindset of, oh, great. Are they just wasting time? Girl chatting over here. Yeah. I mean, I don't like, I can't even remember what we're saying. I think it's sort of like, I was trying to emphasize that, uh, like it's way worse than whatever you're feeling right now. Like I was like legitimately thinking like, I think his legs snapped in half and he was sort of so <clears throat> blase about it. I think I was just trying to be like, Bro, this ain't worth it. You know, like after the second one, I'm going to go for the, your other leg. Nice. Oh, damn. That would have been amazing to hear. <laughs> These are the moments I need someone to like slide in with a mic. It's like, Craig, what's going through your mind right now? It's like, well, I think I'm going to cripple him if, if we're just being honest. It's, he seems to want to go and there's no rule against it. There is a rule against it, referee. Like, mm. Don't make them stop this as soon as the leg goes to jello. And I love it's really heartening that Vinny kind of knew which bone in the knee might be broken. I, I can only imagine him being like, the long one near the shin hurts. But it's nice to hear he was like, the tibia. So it's, it's good in terms of Vinny's at. He has been skating it for a long while, and you have to kind of wonder if maybe it's not that he won a healthy dose of psychoticness is always good and denial. So maybe it's not that there was no way to leg lock Vinny. It's that he's had his meniscus broken so much he didn't even notice it was gone. And now yeah, we've been chipping away. Yeah. <laughs> You should, now, oh, are we hold sure? On. Hold on. Can I pitch this? Mm. Uh, Craig, mm. you're familiar with the DUI test in America when you're <laughs> driving under the influence? I am, yes. So could we just implement that if you think you've broken someone's leg? It's like, all right, <laughs> get up, walk in a straight line, and if they don't pass, boom. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. You'd have to – maybe he has to do some jumps or something to prove. Love it. Yeah, balance on that leg and touch your nose. And don't – you stop crying. You have to stop crying. That's not helping. Well, the, the real mystery is what's really wrong with it. So this is where we go deep into 10th planet conspiracy theories and what's been going on the internet lately, right? So in the mo like if we look at the second break and you watch the replay, to me, it looks like his ankle has completely uh, dislocated from his leg and there's a bone in the leg. Something snapped, right? So that night he messaged me saying it was a spiral fracture of the fibula but his knee's fine. And he said, in his words, his ankle's a bit loose. But the medic, when he came in to check, then he actually put his ankle back in place. He, like, it was floating loose of his shin, and he reattached it. So Vinny told me spiral fracture and a little bit of ankle damage is loose, right? But then <clears throat> his wife actually commented on my post telling me that nothing's broken, and he has the rest of it two weeks, and he's, and he's back to training. Uh, that doesn't that doesn't check out from what I saw. Well, I guess like no. Kim Jong Un's life, I look forward <laughs> to the video of Kenny uh, of Vinny training in two weeks. That's that's all that's all we need to see. And also, there was been there's actually been ten planet people contacting me online saying he didn't tap. It's not a submission. It was an injury. Okay, match is still over then. What is that? Oh, God. I, they, I wish people did that the UFC. It's like, you know, I don't think we stopped the fight because I was unconscious. I would just say I was temporarily head injured. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't tap. I went to sleep. <laughs> I was injured. I mean, have we chalked up any of this potentially, Craig, to some kind of version of Vinny thinking that you were mocking him as a form of miscommunication? Like, did he say to you, like, oh, yeah, sure, Craig, that's not a knee break. Like, <laughs> making fun of you in that way? Because to me, Vinny's been running this this thing, and we know Vinny, and he's great, but it hurt us to see it. And I don't know if we can impress upon him maybe not training on it for a little bit. Oh, it's got to be, I mean... Based on, like, I've actually, sadly, popped a, a few different bones in people's legs and stuff. And that one definitely was one of the worst. And it's like, I don't know. I just, I remember after the second one, and he still didn't quit straight away. I remember thinking, like, fuck, how much is Chael Sonnen paying this man? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he must be getting paid a lot more than me if he doesn't want to stop yet. <laughs> 
how do you measure how bad it is? I mean, you've been I, obviously uh, there's just a certain experience that comes with it. But for when we asked Gary Toden how he felt when he Paul Harris is somebody, he was he was like remorseful. Like it feels like guilt hits in. He doesn't have time to rank them. You're saying this might be one of the worst, if not the worst. Now you get the benefit of probably rewatching them from 50 different angles. Because I don't really want to know what 10th planet internet contacting me means, mm-hmm. but it sounds deep. Like it's got a lot of angles. How do you um, measure how bad you, your damage is? You know what? I only feel remorse if they didn't have time to tap. Oh. Then I, then oh, I sort sure. of feel like, then I'm like, uh, like it's like Vinny made me do that. Or like I remember when Boogeyman, uh, his ankle popped, I remember being like, like, bro, we were in there for at least mm-hmm. five seconds. You know what I mean? Like, it's sort of self-inflicted in a way. You know what I mean? But, I mean, I would never do it. I'm, I'm never going to just eat it, eat a bad submission like that. I don't think it's ever really worth it. Yeah. I also like that you said this is one of your worst. Like, not the worst. To me, like, what the fuck is worse than that, Craig? All right. There was, um, do you remember the quintet in Japan? Mm-hmm. So I put the, uh, so we had the Sambo versus um, Team Polaris, right? Mm-hmm. And it just so happened that we went for a lot of knee bars on this guy. But this Lithuanian kid who was on the national Sambo team, I put him in a knee bar. It, tw- it popped a little bit, but he slipped out. I didn't really rip it. I guess it's sort of like, uh, there's sort of context to how hard I'm going to rip it based on how much I think the match means. You know what I mean? Like if it's ADCC, you've got to rip it because, you know, that guy is going to really yep. gonna take a few pops. There's a lot on the line. But when it was just Quintet, it was this Lithuanian kid. I remember I didn't rip it completely and it popped and then he slipped out. And I was like, I was disappointed in that. So then the next time I put him in an e-bar, I applied it. I applied steady pressure, but he still didn't want to tap. And I'm, I'm pretty sure his knee almost turned completely back. It like went the furthest I've ever gone on an eBar, like further than straight up. Really, it was uh, it was really really bad. That's probably the most damage I've ever done. It was third base for knee bars. A home run, you just rip it clean off at the joint, I guess. Yeah, and that guy, that guy was tough because <laughs> that was in actually was that it was in um, actually that quintet might have been in um, I don't know I don't remember where actually it was in it was definitely Japan, but I saw him walking around later that night and he had refused crutches so every time he took a step on his leg his leg completely inverted backwards and he had to catch his balance that's how he was walking around the hotel Uh, so he would well there's your first candidate for would you pass the field sobriety test to keep fighting Craig (laughs) sounds like the answer is nope not on that one well Kev here's some good news it seems that and how much are you buying it when Shale's calling you the best grappler of all time? Because we love you, and you're <laughs> there. But, you know, we're not going to ruin your shine. It's just you happen to train with some guy who never stops shutting up about how good he is. And I can't imagine that conversation goes great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, wouldn't, I would definitely wouldn't call myself uh, the best grappler in the world. But I'll let Shale do it. And Chael did call himself that in MMA, right? He's a good, he's a good marketing guy. I mean, don't get me wrong. The minute he said, "Now this is for the best grappler in the world," I was like, you know what? I like both of these guys. I'm just gonna let it go. <laughs> yep, we're not gonna do any jokes about this. We gotta market something and get there. Well, the funniest um, shit was all the people online commenting. Like, there's a lot of people that still, I don't know. I don't know how these people are fans of grappling, but don't realize who trains with who. And they'll be commenting on my post or the, or that post, or they'll be commenting on Gordon's post. And I'll be like, yo, what do you think about Chael's son and saying this? And it's like, do they not realize we train together now? You know what I mean? Yeah. And don't over, Chael Sutton, we love to give him grief, but he's a excellent marketer. So just, uh, Maybe don't hang on every word he says because you don't go back mm-hmm. to the used car salesman. It's like you says this was the best Dodge Ram on the market. It's like don't don't sit on the words because I've definitely heard him call Gordon the greatest grappler before. Like 
Uh, Are these the same 10th Planet conspiracy people, though? Because they might be Eddie Bravo Planet. You should consider that. It's it's true. The the best time Chael Sonnen called me the best grappler was that um, I had a match against Gilbert Burns, and the main event was Gordon against Gabriel Gonzaga. And me and Gordon were standing backstage. I was about to walk out against Gilbert Burns, and Chael Sonnen has the ring announcer call me the greatest grappler in the world. <laughs> Gordon's <laughs> just sitting there. <laughs> well, you'll know you've hit rock bottom when he's like, this guy's, he's good at jujitsu. You're going to enjoy, uh, it's Craig Jones. <laughs> the even better part is, you know, that as you're making your way to the actual match, Gordon has already written a half page about how frustrated he is that he wasn't mentioned as the world's greatest grappler. It's great. So we're all for it. However, Kev, we have breaking news because it was just announced. Uh, We booked him not knowing this. We knew he was going to have a match at Submission Underground 14. But, Kevin, he does have a match. Would you like to know who it's with? I would. I think I I might have saw a photo, but I'm definitely excited to hear him announce it, and I'll hear him announce it while I stare at his Instagram photo. Okay. <laughs> they should have put that photo on the uh, poster. No, so I God. Got... <laughs> <laughs> I might compete in that outfit, but uh, that would we be got, amazing. I, got, I have Wagner Hosha. <clears throat> yeah, you've got the Kumora God himself, who looks like a tiny Paul Harris currently, just in terms of his aesthetic. As soon as I saw it, I was like, Paul, no, 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 it's Wagner. Look how ripped he is. Um, I'm excited about this. Is this the first? Is, he's smaller than you, right? Yeah, so what's crazy is uh, I competed against him at EBI 11, and we had a real, uh, we had a real sort of close match. It was actually... What was it? It's actually the reason EBI shortened overtime rounds to just two-minute periods is because Wagner held my back for like ten minutes in one of those rounds, and they were like, "This, we got to stop this shit." So oh, they I changed the this. Yeah, they changed the rules based. Kev on it. watched it. I was there live. Um, I actually baked a pizza in the time that you guys had overtime. <laughs> I ate the pizza. I had time to develop film, and. I remember sitting there, and I am always sympathetic to these things because no one says to the athlete, hey, give up to make this show a little bit more fun. But for a crowd entertaining purpose, it's a struggle. Yes. Yeah, that that one. I have been in some epically boring matches for sure, and that was uh, – <laughs> that's, one, that's one of them. But, uh, yeah, back then we were both – I think that was – I think I cut to 170 pounds to make that, but that was three years ago, and right now I'm walking around at 210 pounds. So I hope Wagner's been getting fat during quarantine. Otherwise, it's going to be a tough one. He definitely yeah. has. And <laughs> the th- uh, 10 minutes of back riding time for an already long match, I don't, I don't think people understand. Like, I had relationships that didn't last as long as Wagner was on your back. There were times <laughs> if... If he hadn't sent flowers, he might have forgotten a birthday. But <laughs> I didn't realize that was the match that made them change the rules. Because I remember a few people getting um, Sea Biscuit like rides. And uh, yeah, that was a uh, that was a bad that was a, a real bad one. It's a claim to fame, then, then Craiger. So but, yeah, I mean, it's better how than, did the uh, smother tapping me t- tapping me in that? I'm glad he wasn't doing that back then. <laughs> yeah, well, he's going to be bringing that if he's seeing you doing that to Vinny, I'm sure. Uh, how did this match get put together? Because uh, Wagner's not a quiet person, so I'm sure he had some things to say. I don't always pay attention to the social media drama, so I don't know if he invited himself, if he made something of it, if he just contacted Heather and Shale. Like, I don't know any of that. So how did it come together? I think he contacted them, and he also put a call-out post online. But actually, I don't think I've ever been called out more than right now, being the only man basically competing regularly during the quarantine. So I think basically, I mean, even there's a lot of grapplers out there right now that are like, I remember when the tag team shit happened, they were like, that's a joke. I'd never compete for that show. They're like, I'd never do EBI overtime roles. And then quarantine hits. There's no other shows on, and they're like, "Ah, oh, Chael, Chael, I need a, I need a match." <laughs> I'll compete in warm-ups. Come on, Chael. <laughs> so 
so that's sort of how it uh, how it got put together. He put the post out very quickly. I think it was the first one to call me out after uh, the last submission underground. That's good. I mean, all parties involved are there, and we are glad that you are getting matches. We are concerned with you because they jokingly referred to you as patient zero, and I don't know that they have a wrong case about that because I think America was going just fine until you showed up. Oh, yeah, I bring everything. I bring EKC, staff, COVID. I, I mean, you know what? To be honest, everyone keeps thinking they've already had this COVID thing. But uh, <clears throat> at the tag team match, I was actually sick for like two weeks around that date. Pretty sick. And that's why I didn't jump in and help Nikki right out. So I was thinking like maybe I was patient zero for that. But it also means that uh, I've got a new submission for EBI overtime. It's where we combine the smother tap with coughing into your hand beforehand. Oh, God. Oh, I don't like that. <laughs> that makes me uncomfortable. A Molotov cocktail of fucking disease is in this man. Especially and right I, now. Like, it's more egregious right now. Yeah. Before, you just had to get over whatever STDs Gary was passing your way. But now we got to worry about all this other shit. And it's just... Blah. Okay. Well, in combat that's good. jujitsu, they call that a wet slap, and I believe it's prohibited. <laughs> I will check the rules. Oh, actually, you know what's funny is I did that at um, Quintet. I did it to uh, one of the Tenth Planet guys. I did the arm trap. This you guy Adam Sackman. him. You licked your well, hand no, and gave I, him. The... <laughs> I couldn't get under his. Um, <clears throat> I couldn't get under his chin with the choke, so I just did the smother right. But Adam Sacknov was licking the palm of my hands while I was smothering him. And Eddie Bravo was in the corner yelling out, bite his fingers, bite his fingers. I feel like people aren't going to be doing those two approaches during this time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do know that was the strategy. That is true. I've never, got, I've never had someone be like, lecture him, lecture him. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right, though, Craig. You have been uh, one of the few people to go ahead and get matches but before the matches happen before we transition um i do want to ask you you were on a three-month excursion where you fucked america so <laughs> tell us how that experience was because really if you think about events in jiu-jitsu i think that was one of the last ones before we shut down yeah so yeah that was that got put together pretty much at a really good time but i guess also a bad time in that uh I was doing these giant seminars all around America as coronavirus hit. Mm -hmm. So it's probably arguably a terrible thing. And I was actually trying to make it a point of trying to roll with almost everyone at every seminar. And that's how I ended up getting like very, very sick for the um, <clears throat> submission underground match. But yeah, I mean, just... we had Nikki Rod on as well recently for our 400th episode. And we yelled at him too for his part in it. Everybody's guilty on that one. It's fine. <laughs> the tag team one. That was such a fucking <laughs> boring thing, right? You know, Craig, to your credit, and I, I do mention this to people, before you made it public, you did message me asking me, should I give the money back? And I was not of the mindset that you needed to, but I think you've redeemed yourself. So I think we can, as a society, move on from the boringness that was that match. Because here... You got Vinny to engage, so check plus on Big that win. one. You didn't even uh, have to show him a picture of a girl. That was amazing. Nope. He just, he just went right in. <laughs> Two, you killed the hashtag, which, thank God, because as much as we like Vinny, that hashtag is so stupid. So we're glad that's gone now. And three, now you got this great mac match with, uh, you know, we want to call him Wagner Rocha, but... He's told me you could say it any way you like, and I think it's just because he likes when I interview him. So I'm not going to go here nor there. Um, but I guess the real question is this. How good are you at picking UFC fights? Picking UFC fights? Actually, pretty terrible. Okay, you're in good company then. The way <laughs> that we're working here, though, is you're about to take on Kevin in a game where picking is important, and yeah, it does technically make you win, but you do have to talk better trash. So is there any intel that you would like on Kevin before I send you into the game? 
any intel. How good is Kevin at picking UFC fights? Outstanding. He's fucking spectacular. Not uh, super. He, if he could, would wear cheetah leopard underwear. That's how good he is at picking up. <laughs> well, hopefully that photo distracts you during these picks. <laughs> Statistically, it has proven uh, a challenge for Kevin. However, he's had upswings here and there. Um, but, you know, you could flip a coin and maybe beat Kevin is usually what it comes down to. So we're hoping maybe you are that coin. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to know? Because, again, it, this does get personal. And I know one thing about you is, is that you do talk trash, but you do most of your trash talking through your rolling when you talk trash to the person. And as Lachlan Giles says, you come up with the most asshole ways of submitting people and making a point of submitting people like that. Well, you've got to keep it interesting, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, any other questions you'd like to ask of Kevin since you're not rolling with him? Mm, uh, no. What? So what? we're picking the UFC fights for the Gaethje-Ferguson card? Yes, the 249 one. There's like three cards next week, Graham. I'm not doing all those cards. That's too many. We're going to be here forever if we do that one. <laughs> I'm just saying that's crazy, right? I mean, it is crazy. There's going to be... You know, Kevin was confused because he's like, wait, is Dober on one of these? And I was like, he's on one next week. That signed the fight. And it was like, uh, hold on, I don't see him. Oh, yeah, he's on night three of this extravaganza. Or two. <laughs> Let's put it this way. The UFC was bought by Endeavor WME, which normally has entertainment clients. But guess what? Entertainment's also on hold. So there's a lot of pressure to recoup money. And normally the UFC has a ton of events and they've had zero in the past several weeks so we got to make up for lost time or we're just spitballing who knows maybe they're just trying to give you guys fans real entertainment value for 64 dollars this weekend anyway kev let's make the transition to the game Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you welcome to another installment of Over Under Kevin. The way this works, it's very simple. My name is Raf. I'm your host for this portion. And we give each participant 15 seconds to say who they think is going to win on every single match on the UFC 249 card. We do it out of order. And if I so deem it, I give them 15 seconds of rebuttal time. Now... We do technically give the win to whoever gets the most picks right, but really who wins is who talks the better trash. Gentlemen, do you both understand the rules? Kevin, do you understand the rules? I'll use a very slow voice so the Australian on the podcast can understand me. Yes. <laughs> and I'll try not to use any big words. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> From uh, the Kansas, I'm from Kansas, inside the United States, not known for our swift intellect. We're, we're more built for carrying stuff. All right. Well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and start. I got 15 seconds on the clock. And, Kev, you're going to start us off on who's going to win this heavyweight bout between Francis Naganu and Jarazino Rosenstick. Kev, you go. Yeah, Rosenstruick, despite being... The name of strength. I have to go with Nagano. I'm taking the heavy favorite, I'm taking the 6'4, outweighs him by 20 plus pounds guy. Because uh, size matters. All right. Uh, Craig, do you affirm that size does matter in this particular case? 15 seconds on the clock to you. Yes. Yeah, I definitely think France is going to win. That guy terrifies me more than anyone else in the world. So I don't think uh, anyone's going to stop him for a long time. Interesting. Both of you are going Francis. Kev, Craig has already mentioned being afraid of somebody. Do you think that extends to this game? Oh, absolutely. You could tell Craig's already shifted into absolute weight and the uh, semis of ADCC. He's just happy to be mm -hmm. here. He's about mm -hmm. to coast his way to a, a tough 3-2 loss and uh, hit the beer a little early. Right. Fair enough. Uh, Craig, do you feel that that is an accurate depiction of your status right now? I mean, that's a lot of confidence from my man picking the betting favorites. Betting fa <laughs> Well, you're also pitting the betting favorites, so I don't really know. Okay, you know what? 
Craig, we're gonna go ahead and move to the next fight so that you get a few seconds to get yourself together. This one is a light heavyweight bout between Ryan Spann and Smiling Sam Alvey. Craig, 15 seconds on the clock. I only know Sam Alvey in this one, so I'm honestly just gonna pick him. I, only, I saw his match with Jimmy Crute, and that was a fun one, so Sam Alvey. All right, Kevin, what do you got for us on this one? He's also friend of the podcast. We love smiling Sam Alvey. Fun fact, he wasn't even invited to these fights. He still showed up, got himself on the card. He was like, <laughs> F that. But I'm going to go with Span because he's definitely going to knock this shit out of Sam Alvey, who's going to charge with his big chin out uh, and forget to put his hands up again. You know, he's big. Giants forget things. <laughs> Craig, do you think it's problematic that Kevin is picking against Sam Alvey, even though he's been on our show before. I mean, as long as the quarantine lasts long enough that Sam forgets his pick. Uh, you're not wrong. He will take it personally. and He's probably <laughs> listening. We're going to get a note. Kev, let's ask this, though. Kev, do you think that Craig gets a little emotionally hurt when we don't pick him on our shows? Raph, I'll tell you what I think. I think the show Magic Mike was a cry for help from middle-aged men who've been working way too hard for their abs. Mm -hmm. Much like I see in Craig's Instagram photo where he's mm -hmm. strapped to the teeth with cheetah underwear. It's a cry for help. I get it. The abs look great. This right, is 2020. Right. Go have a beer. Craig. Wait a minute. Are you guys telling me you guys don't pick? Who'd you guys pick on the video match? Uh, mm. um, actually, uh, I will. I'm pretty sure we picked a tie. Mm -hmm. So a tie. we were sure it was going to go the distance. I'm fairly certain on all broadcasts leading into it, I said friendship was going to win. <laughs> uh, do, do you get emotional, Craig, when we don't pick you? Never, never. No, I mean, I, I didn't even think it was. I, I thought it was going to go the distance. This one. <laughs> and Fair enough. It's All not right. even a dis. We had watched Vinny avoid you in a two-on-two -two match quite artfully. We might add. So sometimes he does that. Sometimes it's just nope. You're not engaging. And if a huge person chooses not to engage, it's not. It's not going to happen. Because Craig, we will be honest with you. There are some athletes who do listen to our show who will come up to us and be like, well, that's what you get for not thinking I was going to win. And I was like, oh, God, do you have anything other to do? Like, come on. Name, name and shame. <laughs> yeah, I mean, here's the good news is they can come tell me whatever they want. I still have good reasons for picking or not picking against them. But I try not to because I figure if I'm going to be at an event covering it, I shouldn't try to pick somebody. But I also didn't think we were going to bring you on this episode. So, you know, I didn't think two weeks ago, like, bet against Craig. I just kind of was like, uh, you know what? This is going to be an interesting match. And we did get one. Kevin, speaking of interesting matches, we have Aleski Olnik versus Fabricio Werdum. Who do you got? 15. Yeah, I'm going to go with Olenek because the difference between people in Eastern Europe and cold places, they just get better as age goes because they, they they're just preserved well. Olenek's okay. on the rise. He's going to duct tape those knees, come out, and put on a show. All right. Uh, what do you got for us, Greg? I think uh, that's a big a big dream right there. Did you see Olenek against uh, Gordon? Oh, and also, uh, both these guys, would this be the oldest cumulative match age on any uh, UFC card? Potentially uh -oh. UFC. It's However, not on a card, my man. Not close. We got let's never forget Hoist. Gracie versus Ken Shamrock three, which had a combined <laughs> age of a century, but that was Bellator. Sure. But you know, we've got to go the modern. Yeah. I suppose that wasn't too long ago. Yeah. But definitely Verdum on that one. I was okay. also going to go with, um, who's the guy with the Mohawk from Brazil. I'm blanking on his Vitor. He's talking about Vitor. Vitor plus he fought like one of the other guys <laughs> like Hua. And it's like, they might be 120 combined. I mean, Vitor plus baby is still a very old average match. <laughs> so we'll go to our next match. It is a welterweight bout between Vicente Luke and Nico Price. Craig, you start us off on this one. 15 on the clock for you. I think uh, definitely Vicente Luke. That guy's got some like uh, amazing hands, and I've seen him submit some really good guys. Interesting. Kev, 
15 seconds for you. This is tough because Nico, you know, he's part of the team. He's part of the family. Uh, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to have a little trust. I'm going to have a little faith. I'm going to go with the right price. Boom. Okay. Kev, Craig oddly phrased why he was going for Vicente here. How would Craig be familiar with his hands here? Well, you know, he had a knot just above his shoulder blade. They were traveling. It was a fun, it was like a tournament weekend. And he was like, ah, oh, if only I could get to the massage bar. And Lucas like, you know, maybe I could, uh, I could step in. Uh, and that's when you could really feel the Whitney Houston music already playing yep. in the air. And it was one of the greatest 45-minute rubdowns of Craig's life. That's fair I, enough. That's the story Craig, your response to that? I mean, obviously that's untrue. I would never have physical contact with another person during the quarantine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you could take that to the bank. Yeah. Uh, Notice he didn't, he didn't deny that it happened in 2017 <laughs> when I heard about it. <laughs> <laughs> Kev, I need you to tell me who's going to win this bout between Jeremy Stevens and Calvin Katar. That's not a real name. Cater. Calvin Cater. That's a good old-fashioned Texas name. I have no idea where he's from. I don't like the little heathen in this one. Cater looks uh, young and stretchy and like he's not going to go in and give it up the heel. Uh, I'm going with Cater. All right, Craig, what do you got for us on this? I hate to say it, but I have to agree with uh, Kevin on this one. Why? Why? I th- it's just uh, power puncher versus a more t- uh, technical striker. And I think Jeremy Stevens is just uh, getting, I don't know if he's getting old, but he's got a lot of mileage on him, right? Yeah. Kev, would you say that Craig has a lot of mileage on him right now? Absolutely. The guy's mm-hmm. out there. And shut up, you wouldn't come into contact during the quarantine, Mr. One of only eight athletes still making a living during this. And that's just all athletes, NFL, NBA. (laughs) Craig found a way to still somehow be the only sporting event that happened in the month of April, which is really impressive. And some esports kid. It took me a second to get mad about that, but I am mad about it (laughs) a few minutes later. I'll have to send you an email of the joke next time. Let you have a good read and get back to me. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> um, let's put 30 seconds on the clock because this is your co-main event. And I'd love to get your opinions, Craig, on who wins between Henry Sajudes and the returning Dom Clark. Oh, that's honestly a tough one. But I'm going to go with uh, Cejudo. I think he's just uh, been super dominant. And I did get to train with him recently, and I'm a, more of a fan with him after that. So, oh, uh, go with Cejudo. Okay, Kev, I'm going to hold on your time, and I'm actually <laughs> going to give Craig 30 more seconds to talk about how that training session went. How the training session went. Uh, Cejudo just uh, ran into a bunch of wrestling drills and stuff. It was good to see uh, some of these techniques up close. And Cejudo is actually a really relaxed guy. He enjoys uh, having a few beers and enjoying his uh, relaxation time, which impressed me the most. Great. Craig, question for you, follow-up here. What did you do during the wrestling time? What did I do during the wrestling yeah, did, time? Were they aware that you don't? Because I, I just want to make sure it would. that seems unfair that they would make you do that. <laughs> I just took a rest, obviously, you know, just what, what, enjoying a bit of uh, I enjoy watching wrestling, but not participating. Fair enough. I think you speak for us all here on the show. Uh, Kev, 30 seconds. I can't. I, did you call him Dom Clark, by the way? Which is a way <laughs> less cooler name than Dominic Cruz, who's fighting this weekend. This is tough. I really, really want to vote against the Kreger, but it's got to be Cejudo. I don't know how Cruz rose up to the top for this one. Doesn't he need to beat a few other people in uh, Cejudo's age range? I'm going. Shut up! It's COVID. It's they could look. It was a good match. He looked good on the thing. It's like I don't like this matchup for Dom Cruz. I guess I do if he's really liking booth life. You know, he really has a flair for announcing and is like, you know, maybe one more payday fight would be great. Oh, perfect. Here we go. Did you guys see how jacked Cejudo looked in the photos? Uh, no, describe it to us slowly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can only come to the conclusion that USADA 
are off the clock right now. <laughs> <laughs> they might be social distancing. They don't care. We don't. This fight's in Florida. If you don't yeah. test positive for having meth, and that's a visual test, they just look you up and down and say, do you have meth? And they're like, even if you're like, yeah, but they can't see it, they're like, well, you're good. So this is going to be a all all chemicals welcome type of match. The best type of match. Absolutely, man. This is America, <laughs> goddammit. Oh, oh, America, we'll get to that soon enough, Craig. Don't worry, it's, it's fine. Kind of if America. you don't understand it fully. <laughs> Kev, you're going to lead us off on this one. Bryce Mitchell versus Charles Rosa Parks. Go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, would, that is Raph's joke alone. I am going with the Southpaw because unlike Rosa, who's a switch, this guy made an effing choice. This is the hand I'm going to use. And I'm tired of you people that can switch stances feeling superior. Mitchell. Craig. You went with Mitchell? Is Mitchell the guy that hit the twister? Is that who I'm thinking of? I believe it is because they're mostly going with people who are deniers of what's happening right now. And Mitchell is up there. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm. If if Mitchell's hitting twisters, as long as there's not any five G towers too close to the arena, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Mitchell. <laughs> Expertly done, Craig. Hey, Craig, we're gonna keep that momentum going because it's a women's strawweight bout between Carla Esparza, not related, and well, at least maybe that I think of Mexicans. It's hard to tell. And Michelle Karate Hottie Watterson. Go. I think uh, the Karate Hottie is gonna win because she's got a better nickname. You know, a sound of any pick that we've ever had on this show. Kevin? <laughs> I would never insult my co-host in such a way. Thank you. The Raphael name kind of works usually. The Esparza name is 16 and 6, so how bad could it be? Give me Carla Esparza for Team Verbal Tap. Yeah. I'm Thank not, you. You can vote for Michelle Watterson if you call it a verbal submission. Yeah, right. Thanks. <laughs> you know, it's always fun when Mexicans go, oh, I'm not related to them. They do a 23 and me and they're like, oh, shit. No way. Fuck. All right. Well, good to know. Um, Kev, Uriah Hall, Jacques Array, uh, 15. I, I ducked when you said Uriah Hall's name. I didn't want to get back kicked <laughs> in the face. I didn't even hear who he's fighting. But for me... This one's weird because if this goes to the ground, somebody's in some effing trouble. So I'm going with Uriah Hall. I don't feel great about it. All right, Craig, are you voting for or against Jiu-Jitsu Go? Ouch. Well, when you put it like that, I'm going to I'm going to have to go with uh with Jiu-Jitsu on this one. Okay. okay. I'm just I mean, you could vote for Hall if you want. I just no, wasn't no, I sure think. if you hate jujitsu, and I want to <laughs> put it on public record. That's all. I think I definitely think uh, Jacare takes this. Although Jacare is probably near the end of his career, and he's fighting during uh, Corona. I feel like I don't know. I always wonder how these guys are going to show up on for this competition. Like, do they are they doing it because they need the money? You know, like have these guys done proper fight camps and stuff? Jacare really did say it is for the money. He was. One of the folks who said that he wasn't a huge fan of, you know, the situation, uh, meaning he does believe that it is a legitimate thing, but that he has to provide for his family. So, uh, you know, not the strongest of UFC talking heads to promote a fight, but it happened. So there you have it. <laughs> it's not a strong sell. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, we'll see. I just know that we all root for Jacare. Uh, we hope the best for him. Uriah Hall is a tricky pick, and it's hard to figure out uh, how that one completely goes. So kudos to both of you for your picks. Kevin, uh, Kurt's going to pick first on this one, and it's a big one. I'll give 20 seconds on this one because I'm, I'm curious. We're going to go with Donald Cowboy Cerrone versus Anthony Pettis, the rematch. Craig, you got 20 seconds. Ooh. I th well, Pettis is one of the first two. I think he's going to back it up again. Cerrone's... Uh had a tough run in his last few fights. So, yeah, I think the momentum will swing towards Pettis on this one. This is a rubber match, right? I believe – I got to go double-check that one. I believe so. Kev, what do you got for us on this one? I'm going with Pettis. One, because of the Cerrone disappointment I experienced when he fought Conor McGregor. 
And two, mm. it's never great when they start writing the articles. He lost his confidence right before the fight mm-hmm. articles. You don't, that confidence, the type that carries you into a cave to go diving with your idiot friend is the same type of confidence that helps you knock people out. Uh, it doesn't seem to be there anymore. Seems like we've gotten a little older and we're enjoying ranch life. I'm going with Pettis, who's still like, fuck it, I got time. These abs aren't enough for me. <laughs> uh, I see one here, and it is the very infamous uh, kick to the liver, which, by the way, when they did ask uh Cerrone about that they're like well, what are you feeling he's like hey kick me in the liver yeah it sucked dude what do you expect me to say <laughs> my liver hurt I didn't know it was my liver I didn't have the tibia like response <laughs> Vinny will have in a few years that right. will make sense but you know ow my so, tummy hurts motherfuckers <laughs> there I said it so Craig we've only got two more left to go here but this is when we like to tell our guests a little bit ahead of time that there is usually a wager here now we're not out here making Vinny Magalash money so you know we don't make them to be financial because again you told us to look at your paycheck from Submission Underground so we'll respect that (laughs) so Kev can you give some examples of bets that have happened on this show yeah, lately we've had uh, some T-shirt exchanges, some social media bets, uh, some having to. Well, Jordan Feitzman had to ingest a large amount of edibles. That was uh, his suggestion and his loss, or his gain. I guess I don't know. Anyway, um, those are just a, a few of the examples recently. So, All right, I've usually, got a good challenge. Oh, hold on, hold on. I was gonna ask you if you had an idea. And if you did, to not say it until the end. So keep that in mind. Now, I know how crazy your brain works. So there may be some negotiation here uh, based on the moderator, me, uh, is interpretation of what's going on. But, Kev, you're going to lead us off on this one. It is Greg, not controversial enough, Hardy versus Jorgen DeCastro. Yeah, it's just so difficult to pick against... Um, this yoked up crazy, but mm-hmm. I'm gonna. I, I am hoping that the I can't do it. Hardy's gonna win this fight. Damn it. All right, Craig, fifteen. I'm gonna go with Hardy as long as he gets to use the the ventilator, the puffer again, Ram. <laughs> That's right. He does. He gets all stuffy. <laughs> It's so terrible. Gets a well, case of the dizzies, Raph. Well, on Fight <laughs> Island, there are no rules, so he'll be able to. Get, he'll be able to, you know, butt chug vodka before the fight if he wants to. Let alone hit his inhaler. Yeah, there's definitely going to be the Dana White Athletic Commission overseeing this one. They're finally, actually, we might have hit on the next great MMA rule set where it's like you can bring your own substance. So yeah. the Diaz brothers are just going to be toking up weed smoking the entire time. Uh, 50% chance Dom Cruz does a line of coke and is like, I'm ready to fight anyone. I'll fight anyone. <laughs> That'd be a fun little thing. And then John Jones just shows up with two handles of vodka and everyone's like, well, this was fun. We'll see you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope that Dominic Cruz's version of doing cocaine actually just makes him like slow down and not talk anymore. Like it's the inverse of somebody having cocaine is what's happening to him. He's going to be hanging upside down like any monster, like a bat in a cave, just (laughs) feet up to the ceiling. (laughs) Well, gentlemen, we've come to that point where it's the main event and I'm excited for this match because it's the best we got and all things considered, it could be worse. And Dana White says that this fight, is worth your $64 alone. Craig, tell us in 30 seconds who you think is going to win between T. Ferg and Justin Gage. Go. Well, well, based on the fact that Dana said the winner gets Habib and the Habib fight is cursed, I can technically, I think, probably Tony Ferguson has the edge, but I'm going to go with fate ruining Ferguson versus Habib forever, and I'll give Je- Justin Gaethje the win. Okay. All right. All right, Kev? I am really, uh, you know, I guess I'm a little surprised to hear his negativity. <laughs> I just would have thought that uh, he would have joined me 
What the I'm fuck going, is he listening to? Ferguson, what? Ferguson, what? Oh I'm going gosh. with Tony Ferguson, baby. He's going to be walking out to the Fergs. We're going to be having a good time, and we're rolling. We're fixing 2020 with this win. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I mean, here's what I'll tell you about this fight. Again, it is a fun fight. I think, Craig, you mentioned the fact that the winner gets Khabib, which is the weirdest dangling carrot I've ever seen repeatedly used. Like, Ferguson already had Khabib, so there's no real prize here. And then it's for the interim belt, which Tony Ferguson has. So there's not, like, a real dangling, exciting reason that we need to get for this for any other reason than it promises violence. Yes. Yeah, it's just going to be it's going to be insane. I think uh no matter what happens, both those guys are going to look a bit horrible after this one. Do you feel <laughs> though that this ends with a knockout or a submission? Is there any conceivable way you see this going 5 rounds, Craig? No, I think I mean I think if a I mean, Justin Gaethje said this as well, but I'd agree with him. I think that ends in the first couple is probably a knockout to Gaethje, but after that, submission to Ferguson. Kevin? I think Ferguson's going to pepper him up. Gaethje's going to go for some something a little... This is his first big one, and he's really been asking for it. So I expect him to, uh, you know, pull a little Craig Jones ADCC 2017. Mm-hmm. He's going to be... It's going to be exciting. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but he's mm-hmm. just still not not quite have the experience enough to close the deal. Lots of highlights, though, Lots right? Lots of highlights. Fun match. Who has a better chance Here's... against Khabib? Do you, do you guys think? Well, yeah. you've already pointed out the largest argument. Fate, I guess. That's, <laughs> uh, might, I, I won't lie. I did. It was like, it probably is Gaethje now that he's made that stupid-ass announcement. It's like, winner gets Khabib. Well, Ferguson and Khabib just never going to happen. A, a second pandemic killed it. That's good. To fate is probably Tiramisu because <laughs> a lot of people have forgotten about that, but I haven't. So... Let's make sure we remind Khabib that there were a couple times that the scale in him didn't have a great day. Um, I don't know, man. I would tell you this. I think Ferguson provides the most interesting matchup, and it's one that we just want to see. And I don't know if in this lifetime I see it. Maybe my grandkids see it at some point. (laughs) But I just know that Gagey, if he does spoil it, here's my true hope. Kev, back me up on this. My true hope in this is if Justin creates the spoiler that we all think is a probability here, as you mentioned, because of fate, I secretly hope that Dana White comes in and in true evil villain fashion goes, oh, I said you get Khabib and you definitely get Khabib after you get through Conor McGregor first. <laughs> you your match. Here you go. Like that to me would be the most Vince McMahon move and I would lose my shit and Can I'm I all tell about. you why I'm in that mm-hmm. you and I could start a campaign called the Conor McGregor pyramid scheme and it would be yeah. the best content we've ever done. It's like you can definitely fight a Diaz if you get through Conor McGregor. Who wants to fight him? <laughs> All right. Well, we before we get to the actual wagers, Craig, we usually have a tiebreaker, and the tiebreaker is saying two people get performances of the night, and there's one fight of the night. So two individual fighters get individual bonuses for performance of the night, and there's one fight that gets fight of the night. So in the event you guys tie, which you guys have a couple that overlap, what do you believe will be the two performers to get performances of the night? And then tell me what you think the fight of the night is. I definitely think fight of the night will be the main event. Um, performance of the night, I'm going to go Jacare, submission of the night. And knockout of the night. I think knockout of the night will be the main event as well. Can I put that down? You can double down on that. I would remind you, though, that they don't do knockout and submission anymore it's just two performances usually they fuck it up all the time but they do yeah, just say now they just give out whatever the fuck they want which is like six yeah. performances of the night and that it gets hard to track sometimes <laughs> all right all right i reckon yeah i reckon uh i'll give jack a performance of the night and 
Anthony Pettis. Okay. Oh, Kev, what do you got for us? Uh, Cejudo Pettis for performance of the night. Um, and then it's going to be Ferguson Gaethje. Pretty much no question fight of the night. Unless Hardy finally succumbs to asthma and they give asthma a performance of the night, I feel pretty good. All right. Craig, you seemed eager when you said that you had a a wager in mind. This is normally not good for Kevin. So I'm going to ask trepidatiously, what is the bet that you have in mind? All right. So the bet is if I win... I'm going to send, obviously, two extra small leopard print banana hammocks to both of you guys to take photos and post online. (laughs) (laughs) And if I lose, I'll send you the real pair of leopard print banana hammocks. (laughs) Uh, This is easy, Raph. If uh, I win, okay, so let me me framework this bet because I like the idea – I don't presently own any leopard prints. I just have to like wrap up my girlfriend's shirt, I guess. No one tell her fiance. Excuse me. So, uh, but loser has to dance to 15 seconds of Fergalicious by Fergie, and then at the end, if if we win, you just have to say, Craig, it's called a verbal tap, and that's all. I don't want you to frame the video any other way. It's like, oh, is Craig dancing to Fergalicious and saying it's a verbal tap? Dancing to Fergalicious. It's like a 20 se- 15, <clears throat> 10, 15 second total. Tops. Hmm. That's all right. I'll give it a crack. Okay. Well, this is just if you lose. If you win, it's uh, tightrope city for me and the boys. And I am not in fighting shape. So you're going to enjoy those photos. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be amazing. Quarantine. Quarantine Raph. Listen, Quarantine Raph looks like a version of Raph that doubled in size. Uh, especially, like, jiu-jitsu is supposed to be the thing that we all do to work out. Anytime somebody's like, do a fucking Zoom, I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. The whole reason I do jiu-jitsu is not to do any of that. So, no, no, like you. Uh, <laughs> however, I do appreciate the fact that you tried to rope me in on that one. That was a good attempt, though, Craig. <laughs> That was that was sly, but as moderator, I'm gonna overrule it. However, I will say this. Craig, we appreciate the fact that you were able to come in and preview the fights with us. We always ask of our guests who do over under Kevin, if you would like to come back next week after the fights are all said and done and uh come in and do the results show with us. Let's do it. Yeah, we'll do a recap as well. Maybe, Hopefully, not dancing. No dancing. <laughs> maybe we'll have an update on Vinny's leg. Maybe yeah, no shit. Be like, um, maybe it'll be a few more weeks before he returns to swift action. I like that he's keeping it a secret too. This is great. It's like we're never. It's gonna yeah. be North Korea style. We're never gonna get the whole story. We'll and- never find out. For those of you guys who are listening and made it all the way to the end, we want to remind you: go vote on who made the better case. Between the Stallone movies, which is Stallone's masterpiece, Rocky Four versus Stallone's masterpiece, Demolition Man. Off the top of your head, Craig, which is the better movie? Demolition Man. Thank you. Plus, Demolition Man 2 was released after we released the podcast. I win by technicality. They heard the podcast and were like, we got to make a sequel. We got to do it. The fans I are demanding say, it. The best part about seeing that is seeing everybody send me the messages as if I don't work in the industry <laughs> and get that news. And I was like, yeah, no, I, I know. I know it's happening. And they're like, could you believe it? I was like, you're welcome. And they're like, what? And I was like, it, it wouldn't have happened unless we talked about it on the show. So you're welcome. There you go. <laughs> well, Craig, we appreciate your time, man. It has been a blast catching up with you. We will see you back next week when we find out who wins over under Kevin. Uh, do you have anything that you want to plug? What can we do for you, sir? Nothing. Just um, watch the next submission underground. Mm. Craig Jones, BJJ on all the. Uh, you'll find him. He's. <laughs> Try getting it out of your memory, in fact. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Craig Jones. <laughs> Thank you.
you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... Please note, the new number is...